Thanks for joining us for another intriguing episode of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help us solve a mystery. That's right, kitties. That's right, uh, sons and daughters and um, mothers and fathers and cousins and uncles and aunts. Um, we're back. Step brothers, <laughs> step sisters. Yeah, third cousins, you know, etc. <laughs> it is us. It is us. Stack Pack is back for another week, guys. Um, this is our 12th installment. Um, it's also our last week. Just I am kidding. your um, <laughs> humble host, David Howell. And of course, I'm joined by my um, particular um, pretty panel. Cohorts. Cohorts. My cohorts in um, packing the stacks. All right. Grasping for straws. Introduce yourself, fellas. Sorry. <laughs> Dan, you go first today. Uh, Rodan, I'm in uh, San Antonio this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, last stop on Guns N' Roses, right? Ooh. Last stop for GNR well, for, for now. North America. For, well, for now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Eli Dominguez here in the Dallas Fort Worth. Eli Dominguez. How the hell and is I'm it? I'm excited because you guys are going to be here soon. Oh, yeah, we actually get to do a, 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 an episode all together. That's going to be groovy. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And oh. uh, we're also going to visit a bunch of spooky places, I hope, when you're here. Oh, dude. Really? Yeah, I really... Yeah. Well, we're going to for sure go to the Texas Theatre. The Texas the Texas Theatre. I don't know. It's not really... <laughs> it's not too spooky, but it's still pretty fun. Nah, cool. but it's cool. It's got some good history. Um, the famous Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested there. Yeah. And we can also go to Dealey Plaza. See some cool uh, unsolved. That's a definitely a huge unsolved I, mystery. Right I, there. We were gonna go there last time I was there um, with my cousin and the and the kids, but it was just like I don't know. It was hot and we just didn't want to walk there, so we just went to a museum yeah. that was really nice and cool. The Denver yeah. DMT, right? The Denver right Museum of Art DMA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, some sort of drug. Well, um, by the time really nice place. by the time our audience Denver hears Dallas. This, no. What the fuck? <laughs> I think I said Denver Museum of Art. <laughs> Way to go, Dave. That's disrespectful. <laughs> now, by the time you guys hear this, uh, they'll already have been here and doing stuff because we They're dropped gone. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Gone. So the Let's f- get down. Uh, get the hell out of here. There's some. There's some murder mixed with family, fam, familial uh, mystery in this one. Uh, uh, the first one is uh, a pretty crazy story. Do we got any Chupacabra episode today, David? No. <laughs> Damn. I wish this was the Chupacabra episode. I mean, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're I'm getting there. Waiting. We're getting there. I wish We're a Chupacabra would have jumped out at any point in this story. <laughs> I, I want to talk about it. Like, no, this is a nice, like, lovely story with a great ending, but... Um, what, the whole episode or just no, this, j- first this first one? This first <laughs> the Chupacabra one. comes out in every case. I just wish comes in the faces of Especially this Sucks one. their blood. There's like a couple of this one that I just wish the Chupacabra would have jumped out and just fucking made it just a little bit more interesting. But no. Uh, All right, so we're going no. <laughs> to be talking about um, uh, the uh, Dentes, right? The Dente. Mr. Carl and Brigitte and yes. uh, his wife, who is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had passed away before the episode uh, was recorded. Teresa and their daughter Brigitte. Uh, Brigitte. 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 That's the way they. That's how they say their name. That's how they Brigitte. say her name, isn't it? Um, yeah. So they were refugees. Like they straight up uh, escaped. They got out of a, a camp, right? And they were they were right. Hungarian they, refugees. They fled Budapest, and uh, apparently Carl had grown up there. He said it was a weird feeling leaving the country he was born, and. Uh, it says when they were on their way out that winter was coming. Winter Sorry, was coming. Guys. Well, I'm sure it always was. So they ended up like in a living it out of like a, a pretty much a wooden box, right? Like a big like yeah, like yeah they uh, they were living shelter. in an abandoned uh, box car, like rail in, car, and this with was in other Austria. Polish families during the- right in, in Austria, and it was an area in Austria that was uh, occupied by the U.S. So Boy. they were uh, they were safe. <clears throat> I mean, but it they was had definitely no tough, but they were, they were like, you know, being protected as best they right. could in the circumstances right. is what it seemed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had no clothes. It was wintertime coming and they were, it was t- a tough time for them. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
this is when it gets weird. Like, you don't know where the story's going to go, and it's just... So they start talking about this uh, this uh, soldier that starts coming and visiting. Apparently, um, Brigitte, even at this point, is uh, getting down on some... Uh, uh, English school, right? American. Wait, what is it? What is yeah, it called? They American were, run school. So she was learning English, yeah. and she met this uh, private, is what they're assuming, Philip, and mm-hmm. he kind of came and what? Just like that's how they explain it, right? He just came one day and said, "Right, like, he met he met her at party. her school, and then he he wanted to meet her parents, so he went and uh, went to where the the bo- I guess the boxcar they were staying. I, I always want to say a house, but yeah, they were staying a boxcar. So yeah. And like and, uh, it's it's sort of like like we were watching this and uh, it just seemed weird. Like I mean, it, it just seemed odd, right? Because of all the stories that we're used to talking about. Yeah, it's like this guy. When is this dude is going to kidnap this girl? Kidnap like, this little girl? Yeah. Oh shit! When's the chupacabra gonna come out and steal it? And the body's yeah. never been found. But no, she gets whisked away to a lovely Christmas party. Yeah, she and had she never says, been to a party before. And then, and then, so you, but then you're just like, okay, wait, like, is is this still weird? Because there, at one point during the episode, I think me and Dan like looked at each other when she was like, yeah, that, she was "That's like, not creepy at all." No, she was like, "Oh yeah, he didn't treat me like a kid. I felt like a real he grown treated up. me like a lady." And I was like, no, <laughs> "Like a lady." No. Yeah, yeah. No. I, was like, I don't. No, no. You, you, it's okay. You should be treating. You should be more, treated like a kid. More innocent time <laughs> but back she did, then. But we, she didn't mean anything sexual. No, in the, no not no. at all. But we we've just been we've just our minds have been ruined by been the time the yeah. media, yeah. mass <laughs> media, and by the usual stories we're talking about. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah. So we're just like, where the fuck is this gonna go? And then it just, <laughs> and then it just talks about how after the party they thought there was like a one and done thing. Yeah, um, he came back and they they had a good time afterwards and they opened it's up. It's like, oh, that's with... nice. They didn't he they didn't steal our daughter. Like, what, what, <laughs> honestly, think think about it. Would they have like said anything? You know, could they have done anything? Yeah, yeah, nothing. I he would know. have just taken her. And but been but like, of course, that's just going worst case. Yeah, that's just us going like insanely worst case scenario. <laughs> totally. Oh, oh, here we here we go. <laughs> he stole. We're, we're he kidnapped a child. In a dark, dark hole. <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful sort. So it's I a, found her. God damn it! <laughs> oh boy. So it's a beautiful uh, story, but uh, we sorry, don't have dark I, humor I, at all, guys. <laughs> I just had to jump on it. It's like it's a beautiful story, even though we're still in the sad part, sort of. <laughs> it turns out okay. There's nothing, yeah, nothing did, of the sort. Nothing of the sort. Nothing happens. creepy happened. Yeah, so this is fine. totally like this is like an M Night Shyamalan twist for for like unsolved mysteries. Yeah, he just yeah. took her to a lovely party, and he actually like stayed in touch with the family. And, and the end of the end, they had a beautiful friendship. And the end of the movie, <laughs> roll credits. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a little bit more than that. Like, so, um, I guess uh, the family ends up migrating to America or immigrating, migrating. Yeah, like they're a flock of birds. <laughs> yeah. But they end up they end up immigrating to the US and I guess they tried to look up Philip when they got to the US. Yeah, but they lost the, had, it says I remember they, it says they lost his address. Yeah. He yeah. he and, and they, he and they like lost formally, much of their belongings. He formally said goodbye to them and he was like I'm going back and um he gave them his address France. and a picture. They shipped right. him. Oh, they, he wasn't going back. They sent him, They shipped him somewhere else. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah they, no, they shipped him to France. He went to France. And apparently, yeah, that um, in the move, that's where they lost the address. So, uh, yeah, like yeah. you said, they migrated. Migrated. They immigrated eventually. Um, they made uh, it. After a while. I felt really uh, I touched because Carl Dente, the, uh, the Hungarian. Um, he was Hungarian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, he he got like really emotional when he was talking and he was saying that his wife never complained out of the entire time that they were yeah. suffering so hard. It's gotta be a rough time, man. Um, but yeah, insane. so they made it, Can't they finally made it, but they, they tried looking him up and I was just thinking it had it. Well, I, I won't get ahead of myself. Go ahead. Uh, um, what did it say? Oh, it, it, it says Carl, <laughs> Carl even tried to uh, place advertisements in the newspaper to find him. They just wanted to thank him. And yeah. uh, and then it said that Teresa passed away like a, you know a little bit not not too uh, not too long before they did the unsolved mysteries episode. Yeah, which is sad. And um, um, of course, yeah, it says that 
uh, Philip brought them happiness in an otherwise bleak time. Yeah, it was like a symbol of hope, I would assume. So, of course this one gets solved, right? I mean, shit. Right. 1988, seconds an after... Hour. One an hour after the broadcast. One millisecond after. It, it's, it, gets, <laughs> it gets shorter. I, I'm going to have to make up time, like, fake. fake. Oh, yeah. Like, doesn't Robert Stack say, like, you know, as it was airing, someone was, like, actually calling in and, like, oh, that's, you know, my no, uncle they, Jimmy or something like they, that. He said an hour. That was right, right? An hour? Yeah. It was, an, it was, it says within the hour of within the broadcast. Within the hour, someone called the 800 line, and obviously by the video update, Robert Stack couldn't mm-hmm. even like get to a set. Like he's still behind all those those fucking monitors. He was yeah. taking the calls. <laughs> he was back there answering the red phone. <laughs> and Hello. Update. So so he he uh, um, you know. I imagine him answering the phone exactly like he hosts the show <laughs> with his monotone, very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stoic, <laughs> very stoic demeanor. Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Robert. The Robert is a. Uh, he. I mean, he's he's a precocious creature. We don't. Really, the Bob. We don't know too much about him, and it's mysterious, and it's good that way, right? Yeah. So, anyways, within within the hour, Polly Dofty of Augusta, Maine. Augusta, right? Maine. There's a storm coming. There's a storm in those parts. Sometimes that is better. That's the way <laughs> Isn't she that like transatlantic, like a transatlantic. No, that's that's my main accent. accent. I've seen enough Stephen King television films to tell you. That's my. That's right there. Yeah, you never seen Pet Cemetery? No, never. I've never actually. Blasphemy, I know. Um. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, they called the telecenter and said that it was her cousin. Philippe Let me tell you, Pelletier. Philip Pelletier. He sure is my cousin. He sure is. He's a he's a retired mailman. <laughs> he lives up the road. He lives up the road, I, don't you know? Maybe not. Like maybe that. not. Don't you know? But don't you know? That's that's too. <laughs> that's more uh, that's min- like yeah. Minnesotan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's a storm. Uh, anyways, so the man that was uh, they were looking for was Philip Pelletier. Yeah. And he was now living in Hammond, Indiana, and he was put in contact with them. But I was going to say that. Oh, so not, not up the road. Unsolved, a little farther down the road. Had, had it Sorry. not been for Unsolved Mysteries, this, this case might not have been solved. I mean, there was no internet. There was no connection. How else were they going to find this guy or know that, you know, so-and-so was looking for him? Besides ads in the paper, like he was already doing, but I guess we're unsuccessful. So they have this cool ass uh, um, scene, cool yeah. ass scene. Cool ass scene. It's a weird way to explain it. Was, it. It was. It was, it was a, a cool love. Scene. It was a lovely it was, scene of them. It was actually, rad. Actually meeting. It, it was fucking neato. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of cool because it was kind of the it, Christmas had just passed. It was a December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight. Oh yeah, dude! I was gonna like bust out the 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 sleigh bells and just do a little Christmas theme to this episode, but I totally fucking forgot. You should. This is oh, the only man. one that's really Christmas oriented. Yeah, this is the only real Christmas one. Yeah. We Did have, you know we that have this a episode? I looked it up. Episode, they, I looked um, it up. Case. They. Oh yeah, that the, the Valentine's <laughs> case. No, I looked this one up. They actually aired it during Christmas time. So oh I yeah, guess I saw that right... on Hulu. It actually said it said like December twenty something. Like it fucking... wow, oh that's cool that Hulu puts that on there. I don't think the Amazon puts that. that <clears> yeah, I, I don't think so either. I've been watching it on Hulu. Hopefully, they get season two soon. Uh, but it's on Amazon and int, Hulu right int now. And Hulu. Yeah, I know Hulu listens. Anyone that works at Hulu. Hi Hulu. Int. Hi Hulu. I know you're out there. Hi, I've been Hulu. with you since those Alec Baldwin commercials. Come on, Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I used to watch Family Guy for free when it started. Dude, yeah, when it was totally free and you just had to watch it some ads. Yep. It was super cool, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, they show them reuniting, and uh, this guy looks exactly like the picture they showed. Exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. just like he's just like a big smile, like big rosy cheeks. Yeah. Like when yep. they said mailman, oh, I could see it. Like I had just had like 40 years of flashbacks of him just like, Smiling, handing people mail. Get, it's just a giving nice candy. Guy. What are those? What, yeah. are, what are those old? What are those old candies that that grandfathers? Werther's original. Werther's original. Yeah, the Werther's. Werther's original. Handing Werther's out. Oh, oh those are candy. fucking. I have some actually. Oh, I'm I getting love there. Them. They're I love fucking Werther's bomb. Originals. Little caramels. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. They spent the whole day looking at old pictures and reminiscing, and and uh, Philip even says that he's like, it's kind of it's crazy thinking about these times that were so hard, but it's so great that everyone's you know doing good. Yeah, um, and then they and then <laughs> thanks uh, Unsolved Mysteries Wiki for uh, 
leaving us with this little tidbit. Sadly, all involved in this case have since passed away. I know. Carl, in, Carl in 2000, Philip in 2001, and Brigitte in 2004. And, to, and Brigitte mm-hmm. is, is a little sad because she wasn't an, a, an elderly person. And she wasn't, a, yeah, she wasn't yeah. that old. But I couldn't really find anything more on her, but... Rest in peace, Brigitte. I'm glad you found but your... But what's, uh, cool, what's cool is that Carl had wrote a book about his experience of World War II. And oh, the hung, at, uh, Carl's the hung. I keep getting their names mixed up because Carl's not a very Hungarian-sounding name to me, but I yeah, could be you know, totally Carl. wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but he wrote a book about his... Uh, That's awesome. His, uh, I'm sure he had a fucking interesting, damn interesting... The U.S. Uh, damn, what book damn is interesting it? life. Uh, yeah, that I don't know. It just said, uh... It just said he wrote a book. It just said he wrote a book. All right. What, <laughs> what am I? What do I look like? Well, you, you kept forcing it what as you, if you had, like, look more like info Amazon? on it. You're like, you, well, you kept forcing it, like, you know, like, I'm well, sorry. he wrote a book. Oh, well, he wrote a book. <laughs> hey, well, he wrote a book. Like, oh, well, In 1990, he, he wrote us. a book two years, two year, like, I guess it was after, two years after he had already reunited. So, God damn it, Dan. <laughs> don't have any more information. Sorry, Mr. Dente. Memories of an immigrant, you motherfucker. (laughs) You want to buy it on Amazon? It's called Memories of an Immigrant, and it's by Carl Dente. Carl Dente. And it's only available from third-party sellers. It was published January 1st, 1990. Um, There's some good reviews. People like it. I think this is one of the best autobiographies I've ever read. Dot, 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 dot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so he wrote a book and um it's cool that they get a little feature of snippet of his story and then i'm glad he got to find his buddy <clears throat> so this yeah, is that's cool that they reunited the uh this second case i think we're probably going to spend most of our time on i really this one's pretty sick oh uh, i think the third one man i think that the valentine's day mail, mail really case. dude yeah. i don't know man i got some I, funny information about this one. Oh wow okay well, so our second case is, um, it's a story uh, about Mr. Matthew Marshall Chase. Matt was, uh, what, like in his uh, early 20s? This happened in 19... 19- uh, yeah, he was 22. This happened in 1988 uh, in Los Angeles, California. He was like a tall, linky guy, like six feet two, really skinny. And he was living with his childhood friend and um, her brother. And we get to meet this childhood friend. I think her name is Laura. And I... I had a I had a crush, guys. I had a crush. No, Teresa. You're talking you're talking about Teresa. Who's Laura? <laughs> I don't know who Laura is. Teresa Laura her Palmer. roommate. Teresa her Teresa roommate. Doll. She Teresa is, Doll. Yeah, is the Teresa ever... Doll is such a doll. Oh, she is. Sweet hair too. Way way ahead of her time. Yeah, she looks like that girl that's in Halton Catch Fire, which is a show yes. that, which is a show that takes place she in the eighties. That's she what does. she reminded me of. Great, uh, dude! Nice uh, reference, man. I didn't know anybody else watched that. Oh yeah, we like that shit. I, I, we're, I we're nerds. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I like that show. It, uh, their last season just started, actually. Yeah, I know. Um, I haven't. I, I still haven't to... seen the last one. Yeah, Because for some reason, oh, you love it so much, you've only seen the first season. No, I've only first seen... two seasons. Yeah. There's gonna be four seasons, isn't there? The third one I haven't seen. <laughs> hey, damn, this damn. isn't. Let's see who knows <laughs> more about you. halting catch fire. <laughs> I'm going to reach this through this microphone. Th- this Saturday at 3 p.m. in your yard. <laughs> by the, by the, behind the dumpsters. I'm going to reach my hand and choke <laughs> you through this camera. All right, so so tell us about Matt. Oh, I forgot. We're in the same room. We're in the same room, guys. I forgot. Our audience doesn't know. Well, I guess they kind of do. We, t- we teleport and we all meet in the same room. So, uh, basic, bleh. so basically, yeah, 22-year-old Matt. He moved out uh, with his two best friends that were siblings, Steve and Teresa Dahl. Um, and the three moved from their hometown. So they used to live in Medford, Oregon, pretty small, and to L.A. And basically what this story starts, uh, uh, we start in, uh, at 11.45 p.m. on, uh, yeah, June 8th, 1980, motherfucking 8. And this guy is like, you know. they So 888? Yeah. they 6888. Six eight eighty eight, not the full eights. Um, so they return from dinner, and Matt's like, "Yo, I got to go and deposit my check." And she was like, "It's late. Take my car." He usually walks. Well, he had gotten home. It said he had gotten home, and then he's like, "Crap! I realized that he didn't. He realized he didn't take his check." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came back from dinner, and he was like, "Had he just 
had he just remembered before or had he just waited until the next day? Yeah. So he goes but by you gotta himself. Have your money. He goes by himself and he pretty much um gets crimed. <laughs> Was never seen again. Um, no, so he goes to the night to the ATM, and might I add, the ATMs back in the eighties looked pretty fucking righteous. Not just that, but they were also referred to as automated teller machines. Automated, Their te- full automated name. tellers. <laughs> automated tellers. They, yeah. Stack was very, very adamant about the automated teller machine, calling it by its proper name. So he goes to this to make a night deposit, and I guess in the process of making the deposit. He's kind of held up. And, He's uh, and what they suspected, what he did is the fr- he tried to access his bank account multiple times after he had made the deposit. And the <laughs> Just first bunch of random three, numbers. <laughs> well, no, the first three um, initial attempts that he did, he had entered an amount that he knew wasn't in the account to get insufficient funds yeah. to pop up and to refuse in transactions in hopes that, like, the bank or, or someone would notice that, you know, I guess something was out of out of character of him, I guess, is what they were right, saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, he first and, he uh, first took out 280. He knew he didn't have it. <clears throat> and then um, the authorities think, yeah, authorities think he was trying to signal them, which is kind of weird. Um, and then the same night, um, he did two more withdrawals, both for $200 at different places. Later, yeah, okay. $100 was requested. And, of course, it was still all denied because his check hadn't gone through because, you know, in the fucking bank. He had just deposited it, right? Yeah. I guess, what, is it like a day later? Like the next day, right? He, there's another withdrawal from like a different branch in a different part of town? Yeah. It was over the next few days there was more attempts made to withdraw money. But finally, the check had posted. I don't It doesn't say how many days, but um, yeah, they were finally able to get some cash out. Um, some listeners by be sitting at home going like, well, I've seen on Facebook, if you enter your pin backwards, it gives you the cash and notifies the police. I'm sure you've seen that floating around on the internet. That's that's not real, is it? That is not real. real. Well, it's sort of real, and it sort of isn't. um, I think a mathematician came up with a patent for that to actually be an emergency (laughs) type of thing of like, if you're being mugged, you type in your password backwards. So don't do numbers like 2002 as your pin because then you're fucked. Oh, well, yeah. See, see yeah. That, that was the thing. That was the thing. The banks rejected it because by doing that, you're creating a vulnerability in the system. So, you know, yeah. you would run the risk of some people's pin numbers being the same forward and backwards. So you're just kind of fucked. So yeah. there is a patent for that. It's just it's not practical to use. So if you're ever getting mugged, don't think that. You're uh, not going to do it. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> Um, I like I like on the reenactment how they made the guy, the, the guy next to him because we forgot to mention that one of the ATMs did take a picture of the of a guy next to Matthew. Oh, you mean Clayface? Trying to make a withdrawal. Clayface, yeah, yeah, totally. Clayface. But I like how I like how the reenactment um, had him. I don't know if you guys caught this, but he the, the guy had cut off gloves because they wanted to make it. Seemed like he was yeah. a little bit. He oh was yeah, a, that he was, was a street. He was a street tough. Um, the <laughs> the reenactment didn't look like anything how I'd picture that person to look. But anyways, oh no, yeah, and so, he was like super short. So yeah. so when they t- when they were able to take the picture, that's when the uh, um, the four. So that's when his check had posted, I think, and he, they were able to take the four hundred dollars out of the card. No, that was that was later. That was days later. That that picture was the second ATM that he had tried that failed. That night, yeah. Yeah, that same night. It was the same night. So over the few days, you know, his obviously his roommates have, you know, called him in missing. Um, his parents have been notified. They're looking around town, putting up flyers if they've seen this guy. Um, they actually go to make a, a really clever, come up with a clever idea. They go to a homeless shelter and hand out flyer to the, flyers to the homeless saying, like, have you seen this guy? Have you seen this guy? <laughs> Shit's not fucking and, clever. I got some words um, about that part. Yeah, me too. (laughs) One of the volunteers said that, you know, that they had in fact seen him and was like making a description about like, oh yeah, he's kind of a tall, skinny, lanky looking person. Yeah. And they're interviewing, I think it was like the roommate. um, Yeah, Teresa. Teresa. Because it says, hold on, you you missed like a really important part. Okay, I know where you're going with this. Hold on, Vincent, because she ran out of flyers. So he gave... He gave, Teresa gave the guy the ID 
So go ahead. It's like, you're just looking at a little tiny picture and telling me all these things about him. It's like, yeah, you're fucking reading the fucking ID. You're reading the <laughs> it's description. It's like, oh, six, two, hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he tall? tall lanky. And tall, skinny. Lanky. He's tall, lanky, right? Skinny. And he has green eyes. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him. Put, you want to give me some money for the, the information? information. It puts the information on the ID. And she's like, he was the only one that said that could say that described him. It was, I'm like, well, yeah, you ran out of flyers and you gave him all of the information he needed to make an assessment. Oh, you, Matt, he lives on 1636 Drury <laughs> yeah. Lane? Oh, yeah, yeah he I was know, here Matt. two days I know, ago. Matt. I know, Matt. They, he definitely was here. He knew way too much information. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely some false hope for poor Teresa. Oh, God, that's terrible. I'm glad, you, I'm, glad I'm not the only one who caught that. Oh, that, that bugged me so much. <laughs> me too. Poor Teresa. So, yeah, all right, so back to, okay, so Matt's paycheck clears, $400 was taken out, and then and then they take the money away. I'm sorry, then they take right. the card away. The machine takes the card away. Yeah, because they had finally reported it. And, of course, they tried to get fingerprints off because, of course, this time his friends and parents are looking for him. No fingerprints yeah. were able to get off of the card. Which um, is crazy because the guy in the reenactment had cut off finger gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we should Maybe write. he used the I edges. Think that's the you know, he only people. touched the card on the edges. Possibly. So, so it is believed that the card was wiped clean by the abductor using his fingerless gloves. But the palms, probably. Probably the palms. <laughs> so you, you had said earlier that, you know, Teresa had lent his car, or lent her, him, his car to, to go to this deposit, uh, make this deposit. And it went missing for, you know, what, several weeks before they discovered it, Three right? Three weeks, to be exact. So yeah, it was weeks. missing for three weeks. And I'm just pointing this out to show you how bad detective work was back in that day. They found it a few blocks from where he was last yep. seen. Yep. Yeah. Not just that. Not just that. But I mean, if I was the friends, if I was Teresa and Teresa's brother, wouldn't you be driving around the neighborhood trying to find the car? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's driving around. And then yeah, I didn't every think about block, that. Walking around every block. And of course, they, the car. Somebody had to have seen it. Uh, another creepy thing is that the car is. Creepily wiped clean as well, and, Which and is also weird, wanna, he had fingerless gloves on. Yeah, be, I, those thing. I think I think unsolved mysteries needs to rethink them fingerless gloves next time, especially if somebody's wiping everything clean. I think he was a pretty pretty uh, careful person. Yeah, and they were when they say wipe clean, like they're not just saying like you know of any additional fingerprints. Like they said, they found oh, absolutely wiped nothing, down. no fingerprints yeah. not even, of Teresa's, Matt's, not even or other roommates, nobody's nothing. Yep. And there was People a blue bandana in the car that didn't Which belong mean, to he was a He was a crip, man. I, a, I think the blue bandana was actually what was used to wipe down To everything. wipe everything clean. And then they threw it in the car. Then couldn't they get fingerprints well, from yeah, the that, bandana? Uh, yeah, I don't know Just about kidding. that. And of course, <laughs> yeah, kidding. the cops think that the bad guy <laughs> left <laughs> it, which, duh. Um, the bad guy. Yeah, so, you don't need this anymore. I already cleaned the evidence. But <laughs> I just want to. I want to emphasize. All, I'm just gonna jack off in. The, because, I'm just jack off in the bandana real quick and uh, then throw it in the. Oh, they're not gonna find fingerprints, go. but they'll there find DNA. Jizzy, jizzy, jizz, jizz. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Jism. Dick, at least dick joke of the episode. That's. <laughs> they can't. They'll, they'll never figure out who I am with, with leaving all this evidence. Oh man. Who could tell? So who could tell who's jizz this? I, I just from? wanted to. No one. <laughs> okay, okay, sis, I just want to uh, back up a little bit uh, to about this suspected jizzer, um, because it's a genuinely classic Unsolved it Mysteries. It's an unsolved, a classic Unsolved Mysteries creepy moment when they uh, reveal that picture with the man standing next to him. It's fucking mm-hmm. creepy. I think we kind of brushed over it a little too, a little too lightly, but is, is, isn't that fucking, that's creepy, right? Yeah. That shit well, Dan said it, Dad, had the, Dad hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah. Clayface. Yeah. Oh, I mean, let's talk about those composite sketches that they made of of, of that blurry face. It's like, come on, guys. Like, I know you're trying. There was two. I blinked. It it looked like somebody. It looked different. It looks like somebody painted the Michael Myers mask skin color. Right. (laughs) But no, no, I see what you mean because I remember, like, you know, when I first got an ATM card or a debit card. I remember being very paranoid to going to ATMs. And, I mean, that was, like, in the early 2000s. I remember growing up uh, in our hometown, um, someone was actually kidnapped from a Bank of America ATM. What the fuck? I went to school with her. Yeah, I went to school with her. Uh, yep. Not that far from uh, from our house or from where we she, all live. She she drove she drove up. It was she went to she. I'm not going to say the name of the high school, um, but she went she went to my she went to my high school. She drove up to the ATM to check, check his I, Facebook. I it's Jam Hanks High School. 
with <laughs> Justin Mack. Fine. Anyways, uh, he, uh, yeah, she she was depositing or, or withdrawing. I think she was withdrawing some money. And um, some guy came up uh, with a gun, made her scoot over and like took her off. And then he took like the $200 that she had taken out. And then he took her out in the middle of nowhere and, and murder balled her. Oh, he sad case. He killed so, her. So you know, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't know her, but I went to school with her. Shit. So, so yeah, like that, that happened, and so like even in the early two thousands, I remember being like very nervous. But now with you know ten eighty p cameras, I'm just like uh, I don't care anymore because it's like <laughs> oh, there's gonna be like a four k resolution photo of who fucking yeah. did this. It's all good. It's no, all good. That I get, fucking asshole's I get gonna get his out. shit. Taken. Okay, the <laughs> bank that I always go to, one of the banks, it's really easy. It's right off the highway, and. Uh, uh, it's, it's, yes, Eli, I, t- tell us about your movement so we can plot against No, you. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but <laughs> I'm going to tell well, you. We already know it's off a highway. Tell us your so movements. Just... <laughs> okay, there, there's a lot of highways Have you here. pooped today, Biko? Tell us your movements. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's funny. My grandmother used to ask me that in elementary school when I get home from school. <laughs> Did you poop today? She would ask me that. Oh, that's really funny. I was like, "Did I tell you that story? I've never told anybody that story. That's too embarrassing." I just struck a chord. Did you poop today? <laughs> I think I've probably been asked that before by by my mom. I'm sure. Oh man, she didn't call funny. me. Anyways, but... <laughs> okay. So check this out. So the the bank that I sometimes drive it's it's just really easy access for me on my way home from work. So. I'll get off, and it's, like, by a really heavily wooded area. So, like, I'm always freaked out that some dude, like, with a mask is going to just going to pop out of the woods. All <laughs> yeah, super style. Out. And then the new ATMs that keep your freaking card. They just keep your card. So I'm Yeah, like, oh, until my... the money's out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if I have to drive off, then I'm going to leave my card here. I guess my life's more important, but yeah. <laughs> my card is in there. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Oh, dude, it's creepy. I always, like, look around. I'm always like, oh, I, I really don't like going there at night, but sometimes I have to. I'm, I, I'm left with no choice. Well, hopefully Anyways. nothing bad happens to you. Did like, you poop like, today, like, like, like what happened oh. on September 17th, 1988. Three months to the day after Matt's disappearance, his body was found in a ravine, in a ravine real close in, uh, by his house in Pasadena. Actually, nearby Pasadena. So it says he lived in Los Angeles, not too specific about where. Um, and his body wasn't identified till fuck, like a, almost shit. A while later, like it was wow. like a his year body, or two. You know, his body wow, was found. Really? His body was found in September of '88, and it wasn't identified until March of '89. So it wasn't wow. a, it wasn't a full year, but it was like shit long enough, almost half a year. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, it said that the remember they said the identification was delayed because they couldn't uh, get Matt's dental records. It took him too long, and uh, they said that he was killed by a gunshot. And to this day, we still don't yep. fucking know. And of course, like I mean, it says right here, authorities believe that you know it's the same guy in the ATM picture. But we all fucking know that, right? We all know that. Come on, yeah. So, no, he got mugged day, by one dude and was murdered by a completely ooh. random stranger. Just by coincidence. And, and, and they wanted people to know watching back then that they, this guy could have been seen driving the 83 Volkswagen, G, Volkswagen GTI that uh, Matt was driving that belonged to our dear, dear Teresa. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so never been fact. caught, but they think they think that he's a, a drug dealer. And I wasn't sure if that was like evidence um, on the bandana, but those were actual letters. Like it yeah, said ES, I saw that PBS, too. CLS, ES, PBS, CLS. Yeah, and, um, that's weird. And they, th- so they think he was a gang member. Um, and that's all He's that crit, man. that's all that the Blue unsolved bandana. mysteries gave it gave us. Uh, this one, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this update will come like in a way later episode. We'll probably see it again, but they just tagged it on to this one, like, like they've been so conveniently doing for our yeah immediate. I must fucking know now, because yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna look it up on the internet if not, and that's kind of, you know that's why. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you, you got any more information on this? Anybody? Uh, no, I don't have any information on this. But I just found out that the guy—they did catch the guy about the El Paso girl who was murdered, and th- because it's Texas, they—he uh, was sentenced to the death penalty. Oh, and good. The dude, good. the dude is no longer with us. Oh, they cool. caught him because of surveillance. So he... Sirs Vey, they caught him because of Sirs Vey and Lance. 
Thanks, Lance. <laughs> Sirs Bay and Lance. I've never heard that. <laughs> oh boy, I like that. Okay, so uh, you want to oh, wait? Wait. The this, the third case is the your Valentine sweetheart, yeah. right? You want to talk? This about one her? is fun. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about this. So it opens with this guy, Stephen Jerry, calling, who's a real shifty-eyed motherfucker. <laughs> I don't believe a fucking and, word that comes out of this scumbag. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So Sorry. I watched this episode multiple times, <laughs> yeah. and I caught so many different things the second time around. So <laughs> Jerry, Mr. Stephen, or er, er, Stephen, how do they pronounce Jerry? Gary? I don't remember how they pronounce his name. I think it but is But anyways, Jerry. he calls his mother-in-law, which is pretty odd. You know, I have a mother-in-law, and he called her, and he was, first of all, he wished her a happy birthday on <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch that? He's a happy birthday, Maria. I was like, was it really her birthday? Also, they never, they talk never talk about, about that it. I tried, I tried looking it up, and call. I couldn't find anything. Also, it's Valentine's Day, so what the hell? This did, like, doesn't he ask his mother-in-law to go over and help her clean up for a yes, party? Like, that, happy birthday! Which now is go weird. clean my house. Which is weird, happy right? That's birthday. what. Yeah, exactly. Well, see what I thought. It, I, I put them together, and I was like, maybe she's getting ready for a party for the mom. Maybe or Valentine's Day party, party, or maybe or a Valentine's both. Day party, or a duo. But, okay, all right. Th- this is what I was saying: is weird. Or what real party was it? Mm. Yeah, swingers. swingers oh, did we party. just did we do, did we just both say swingers at the same yeah, exact we did. time? <laughs> Fuck. This is why we're friends. This is why we do a podcast. <laughs> this is fucked. <laughs> really dark. This one. is fucked. That's what that, this is. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think it's weird that that first of all, I I have a mother-in-law. You know, I'm married. And my we know Eli, my mother-in-law. <laughs> I'm not trying to rub it in. Gosh, I'm not trying I'm to just rub it kidding. in. It's pretty awesome though. <laughs> Anyways, me calling my my mother-in-law and saying, "Hey, happy birthday!" By the way, Jocelyn needs help in uh, getting a party ready. Will you go over? That's weird. Like if if my wife needed help, my wife would call her own mother. There's no need for me to call Maria. So right off the bat, I'm, like, suspicious of this guy. So he called Maria. He asked for his help, like, again, for help for his wife, who's uh, Mary Lou, by the way. And they, they were getting ready for a party that evening. So Jirai. And it's also Jirai. super Sorry. weird. I just, remembered, I just remembered how they Jirai. were saying the name. I couldn't remember. <laughs> so anyways, at 10.06, uh, this was in 1986 and in Houston. On um, the aforementioned V-Day, motherfucker. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Dun, dun, dun. Um, oh no, I forgot Valentine's Day. Do you remember that commercial? I'm sorry. Those 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> so the mom ends up going over and... Was I was just like, thinking you know, how I just called later. all of our listeners, listeners motherfuckers. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so the mom found... The mom found, uh, you know, her daughter. And I was kind of suspicious there too because she says that she... This this case of, is a f- crazy. He said, she said, like insane. Yeah, but and you and they go back and forth. Yeah, but like they it, just I mean, show I'm, like one I'm person say something and one person say a so, fucking total one eighty. <laughs> so Mary Lou was shot four times, right? I'm wondering with two different guns, right? With, yes, with two different guns. Was she shot? Was she shot there? Because if so, there would be blood. Correct. So as Maria's mom is being shot four times. You would think the scene would be pretty messy, and it wasn't, so, I guess, because she said, "Well, she, well, well." I, oh, we didn't even get to that part. She goes after at uh, Steve's request, right? She goes yeah, to the house yeah. and finds her daughter. And she said it, that she was on the floor, but I'm yeah, wondering she finds and the she back tried door like, kissing her and like yeah, waking her up. Yeah, she said the back door was locked and the front door was not, and she said that was fucking weird. Like she immediately knew yeah, because she said she, she 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 locked the door all the time. So immediately, it seems like Steve was just like, "Hey, go find oh, your daughter, dude. dead." Um, right. I'll be at work. And, <laughs> yeah, and there's more suspicion because he's, it's really weird. So anyway, she's rushed to the hospital and pronounced dead. And um, a very important key was that the when the paramedics got there, they tried doing some sort of procedure to revive her. And because of the procedure, it it um, messed up the, the time of death, I believe. Yeah, they were unable um, to d- determine because they injected right. her heart to resuscitate her. Right. Which made so it unable to it, it determine failed. their death and it, and in it, it 1989 it was, or 1988. It was in vain. So, anyways, they she was murdered, and they the 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 parents of Mary Lou think that it was the husband Stephen, 
and uh, which is weird getting to his alibi. So he, he, according to him, he had a minute-by-minute minute alibi. And this is where it gets really juicy, where the, you hear both sides of the story. And Robert Stack, like, prepares the audience. He says, you're going to hear from both sides of this. And His alibi it, is, like, the biggest pile of shit. Oh, dude. You're going to hear a bunch sure. of bullshit. And you're going to hear a mom bullshit, tell bullshit. you why. So right from the beginning, I, I, I suspected the dude. So... Right from the phone call, like I said, it's suspicious for a husband to call his wife's mom to say, hey, go over and help her with this party. She needs help. That That's right after that suspicion. And so yeah. it took her 20 minutes to get there. And yeah, so we already talked about how the door was ajar, blah, blah, blah. She found her on the floor. Um, so yeah, she was <laughs> shot four times with two different guns. Um, and they start talking about the jewelry. So apparently there was $4,000 or $40,000 worth of jewelry that was taken, according to Stephen. But I don't know how the mom surmised. He was saying jewelry for coats and additional items. Oh, I thought it was just jewelry. I thought, it was, I thought he was quoting the 40000 was the jewelry, and then he did mention fur coats and et cetera. But I thought that, that the number he quoted was just how much the jewelry was worth. Yeah, so I, th- I thought I could, the same thing, and I had to I, go back and be like, "Wait, what?" And then you imme- uh, okay. and then you immediately see the mom who says that Nothing. jewelry was laid out, and she was the one that was at the scene first. So right, so immediately I tend it, to uh, lean towards uh, Maria's view. Yes, because she was there. She but saw all right, what's the like, se- do you have like a list of this? <laughs> so no, they were married for three years. No, I don't have a list of of that stuff uh, of the whole back and forth because it's pretty wild. No, it is wild. But he was an insurance agent, and that another red flag. Like obviously, <laughs> he he's, he knows insurance, and he had taken out a life insurance policy not right before she died. He had taken it out on both of their lives, and previously, um, she worked with him. Yes, and he, yes, he even I says some detail. point in the thing that they yep. they were great business partners and, and how yeah, great they, they built worked a business together. together. <laughs> and uh, they drop another they drop another Mr. Stack drops another good life good, reference. Good life. They were living the good life. They were living that good life. That good motherfucking life. Hello. <laughs> Anyways, people living above their means, man. So the husband stays. Uh, I'm sorry. The husband says that they're. Uh, their marriage was good. He's like, we loved each other. You know, we had plans, blah, blah, blah. Immediately cut to the mother who's like, that's It bullshit. was the worst. No, no, the last two years of their marriage was, was nothing volatile but and volatile fighting. and tears. Fighting yes. and tears. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's one it's of... It's like, I don't know who the fuck to believe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? I tend to, I, I tend to, to lean towards Maria. Just oh, yeah. Because I think we all do. So he gave, yeah, okay, so he gave such a detailed account of his day, which is, again, odd. And he woke up, his day changed, by the way, he changed his routine on this day only. He woke up at 5 a.m., he left super early, and it says that uh, between 6.25 and 6.30, he went to get coffee at the 7, the 7 to 11. And then he picked up the mail at the mail, at the mail, (laughs) at the, the post office, which is odd also. Um, I guess I don't know if they don't deliver mail at that time. That's and then weird. wait, uh, is this when he, he is he goes he goes to get donuts? Yeah, he went to D- Dunkin'. And then and then, it, and then and then doesn't it say that he just like went to like and just hung Time out at a he just he hung out the, at a store too? He, he like, hung out. Yeah, it says that he hung out at his friend's store for a little bit and this I guess shot the shit. And then he, he just called his wife, realizing oh it's late. Um. He'd been running errands, I guess, all morning. And at 7.30... Presumably like, with, like, a bunch life. of coffee and donuts in tow. Yeah, he's all hyped up. He's like, ah. Who was he buying donuts for, though? Which is another weird Maybe thing. he bought them for know. the shop of his friends. Um, like Dexter? Like, he just went to work and, like... Yeah, he's the, Dexter. Box because he murders people. So he, <laughs> <laughs> so he brings know. in donuts every day. What? I forgot I really about that. About, I forgot about that in Dexter, how he, do, oh, how he does that. Yeah, he would bring donuts <laughs> to everybody. And they'd just be like slow motion, and it would just be like uh, cut with him talking about how he just <laughs> loves like blood and shit. Masuka? Masuka taking a donut? Thanks. Yeah, I, uh, there was really good seasons of that show. Can we oh, can yeah. we talk about the real mystery here? What's the real mystery? 
Why did he get coffee at Seven Eleven and not at Dunkin' and then Donuts? And then, right? Maybe Dunkin' Donuts didn't Every, make... No, everyone knows Dunkin' Donuts is a place in America does coffee. Right. And then, but did, did the next Dunkin day, Donuts, he oh, goes every, back... Every donut shop did, don't, did, did coffee, right? Yeah, yeah they of had course. To. But then the next day, he goes back to all these places and was like, hey, hey, you remember I was here? Remember I was here? Hey, I was here yesterday. If anyone asks, I was here, right? I was here. You remember me? Hey, I was here. You remember remember. If season one of Serial (laughs) taught us anything, it's that people do not remember their day that specifically. Yeah. When tragedy happens. Well, maybe when tragedy happens. My day is scheduled to the hour, and I don't fucking remember that shit. Yeah, right. I don't even... Shit, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, sure. I guess you were here, like white guy with brown hair who's about six <laughs> feet tall. Like every, you know, just like the generic every, build. Every man. Yeah, every every Houston dude. Just the generic so, build of the of like a yeah an eighties American. So yeah, know. he calls. So Stephen calls his wife at seven thirty, right? And he said, in his words, she claimed she was. Busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. That's what she said. Busy, busy, busy. Went on his way, (laughs) and I assume he hired two people to kill his wife and shoot her with two different Really? I think he killed her and just like, I mean, because they can't tell tell the time of death. So it's like, he could have just killed her in the morning. That's a risk, though, that maybe he was, because maybe he was counting on the fact that I think that he went through all that trouble to create an alibi so that somebody could come in and kill her. As well. And so it could be obvious when exactly it yeah. happened. And because that didn't he didn't work know that they him. were going to ruin her and try to resuscitate her and ruin the time of Ruin her. I think we can all agree he did that. <laughs> he ruined her. <laughs> so, yeah, the fact that he changed his plans, mm, that's, yeah, that's that's weird. Um, and just started his date earlier. Um yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm insurance sure. <laughs> agent went super early and then called his mother-in-law to go and check on his wife to go help with a help, quote unquote, with a party, just so he could so she could be found. Yeah, because otherwise he would probably be the one to find her, and then they'd really think it was him. And and also they check he he did have guns and they checked them thoroughly and right. there was like no way that he shot those yeah so what happened like where did he get those other guns from if it was really him I I honestly I think and then he was an insurance agent man he was banking and then and then they talk about and then they talk about because how, he liked that Miller High Life <laughs> and then they, they talk about how he was talking to some vagrants in a bar and trying to vagrant. convince him to kill his kill his wife yeah. oh wait no sorry. That was clearly Clarence. That was clearly Clarence. That was a throwback. Stole a homeless man. (laughs) I'm still laughing about him stealing a homeless man. Just took a homeless man. All right. Yeah. That shit was weird. Okay. Um, Yeah. So 10 months after the murder, he tried filing the insurance claim. There was this legal battle back and forth. And apparently they settled outside of court. And the judge sealed the records for two years. And I thought because they were unsealed, this clearly has been way more than two years. Yeah. I could find some more information, but I have not. Neither has anybody. Nobody's asked for, like, an open records report on this. We should do that. Next time I go to Houston, I'll go to the courthouse and look it up. Dude, that would be great. Really? It's like 50 Dude, should bucks. Do that. I, was wait, uh, I was waiting for them to be, yeah, to reveal that in the update. Because they have updates as far as, shit, like 2000. I don't know. They Some of them get, you know, I think. Yeah. One was, like, um, about somebody getting out of jail in, like, 2008. Yeah, so they still don't know what happened. Um, they they don't know who killed her to this day. But um, Stephen is online. He's still selling that insurance. He's slinging that insurance. And um, funny comment on one of the uh, threads that I found is <laughs> it said, like, uh, has anybody else looked into this? Because I know Stephen personally and his new wife, and he definitely killed his wife. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I lost so much of that comment. That's... I mean, there's no way to verify if these people really know them, but it was a f- it was it made me laugh. So yeah. I thought it was worth mentioning. <laughs> well, that is that's fucking. Oh, man. So he, he he's said, out there. He said he's he got, has like his insurance he's commercials got, on. Yeah. YouTube? And he's got YouTube. He's got YouTube videos of him talking about insurance. And he's got a little section on his about me about his unsolved mysteries. Um, Episode? segment. Yeah. He's he has to address it because, I mean, if he doesn't, he's going to look like a dick. 
So he says that he said, that I hey, did not watch me get wife. away with murder on primetime TV. Dude, and his wife, if you Google him, you could definitely, there's a lot of new pictures up. He's got a Twitter. He's definitely active on social media. What does he say and, in that video when he addresses uh, the Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, he doesn't in the video. He just has a little section on his about me, like written. It's typed. Oh, uh, what is it? About how he, he still maintains his innocence and stuff like that. In the video, it's just him talking about insurance. But, um, his wife is seemingly a lot younger than he is, and he's put on some weight, but you can clearly see it's definitely it's definitely him. Murdering Steve. Murdering Steve. <laughs> yeah, or there's Mary no way. And so if he's your insurance agent... Yeah. Watch your back, motherfuckers! Sorry, Was went, it, there he went again. He called everybody did, motherfuckers. Did I... Did I... Uh, did I... Did I mix up a story or was this the story where her um her headstone was was stolen yeah um because it, it had jirai on it yeah and, and then they and then they like added it to the family plot and yeah. changed it and to serato Cer- right serato yeah so they gave her her mary name. mary lou her mary lou serato is what she's buried yeah that's odd it might just be random or no, I think it was the family. Because the first it. time, the, yeah, because they said the first time the tombstone was vandalized with, uh, like, mud or feces, like, they said something was smeared all over it, and then the second time it was stolen. Wow. So, I don't think the family would do something like that. The first time might have just been random. I, I think know. you just added the, sh- the feces part. I think we should address it's, that at still, a later even date. It, it, even <laughs> it <didn't> vandalized. <laughs> just well, it was like, it, it says like it was smeared like the tombstone was smeared with something. I just picture and Maria said, taking like, a shit on her just daughter's shitting tombstone. Shitting on her hand like that's fuck! terrible. Oh god damn. Yeah. That's terrible. God. No, we're not that dark, guys. Yes, we we're, are. We just said that. What are we talking about? You get to say actually, something fucked up and say we don't like saying shut dark. Shut up, things. David. I'm trying to put a blanket over our I'm trying to get our audience to like us. <laughs> Oh, there's boy. there's there's a very small group of people that are like this is getting dark i like it <laughs> oh man um yeah so she's still dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's definitely dead um definitely still dead yeah steve did and this um we didn't really talk about his uh <laughs> yeah steve did this we didn't talk about steve's uh like his like recounts his and the way he um talks about her and every every time he says something or is remembering something he just like over like does his eyes and you know he over his smiles and he's kind of shifty eyed and he he's just looks like a, a liar yeah. just looks like a fucking liar oh yeah so we got another but what's our last one there our last one should relate to you eli uh, this why one's... is that because i was left on a doorstep <laughs> <laughs> with a with a cat? Was it a cat or a puppy? I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this one because, like, I didn't I didn't look too much into it, and it's just kind of real sad. Oh. <laughs> I I looked a little bit into it. It's she really she's sad. still looking. Okay, Dolores Valdez, uh, apparently born in La- September seventeenth. D- definitely, our audience might be able to solve a mystery tonight because we have three unanswered, uh, unsolved mysteries. Yeah. So she was apparently uh, left on a doorstep inside of a suitcase in 1947, and San and San Bernardino, which she says, which San Bernardino. It was with an animal, wasn't it? Like a cat or a, a she dog? had a kitten with her. Kitten. I knew it was some sort of ro- not rodent, some sort of animal. Cats are not rodents, people. Sorry. How drunk are you, Eli? I'm not. I'm not at all. <laughs> I've I've only had seven. So Maria was left on a doorstep, and she was raised by this lady. Mar- no, sorry, her name is Dolores, and she was raised by this lady Maria, and her other kids, and they were all adopted, right? But they knew where their who their parents were and stuff. Right, the other two, the other two did. And uh, and and yeah, so the other children were Vicky and Mingo, and they were both adopted, and they knew where their parents were, and uh, Maria never knew, and she kind. Um, I'm sorry, Dolores never knew. And so she kind of goes down a rabbit hole trying to find it, this out because, uh, you know, Maria died when she was in fourth grade and she was kind of entered into the foster system. Um, so she basically, like, what does she do? She tracks down her uh, baptize, her baptism. Yeah she, yeah, she figures out with the birth date that Maria had told her and I guess through the community that she grew up in or the area she grew up in, it 
predominant New Mexican. When I say New Mexican, Mexican nationals that have resettled into the U.S. and starting to become American citizens. Um, we're like, well, you were baptized at this church. So she goes to the church and looks up her um, baptismal San Salvador records. Catholic Church in Colton, California. And, um, and there's a date of birth with her first name, but a different last name, I think. Right. With her correct date of birth and then the list of her, her two godparents. and um, Which are people she hadn't heard of. Well, she was saying like in that culture and this time and and when she was born in that time in that culture, out of wedlock. children born out of wedlock were kind of frowned upon. So they would right. say their parents were actually the godparents. Yeah. So there was like no shame. And like the, the talking head even makes a comment like when she's about to make this comment, she does this like weird eye roll and lip twitch, like kind of just yeah, like, like, yeah, this slut was, you know, it's like a very harsh <laughs> facial expression. Oh, no, you're like, super oh. racist. Uh, Alon, you're being Alon really Alon judgy Alon, right Alon now, lady. That out too. She's like, sometimes in Mexican culture, they have a lot of yeah. kids. Like, it just seemed like you fucking racist bitch. That's <laughs> you, what I got. You're being yeah, really like, judgy. You're being really she, judgy she, right now, lady. Yeah, she, she also says <laughs> very, that, you know, very in, the Mexica, in the Mexican culture that, you know, if someone in the family couldn't have kids, but another family member had a lot of kids, um, it was kind of customary to be like, well, you know, Tia Lupita, you can't have a daughter, yeah. so have one of mine. I got six. I got and six so, of them. I can spare one. Eli, when you have another kid, can I have your kid? <laughs> sure. Uh, these are both uh, Mexican-Americans t- uh, <laughs> saying these things right now. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> Anyways, Dolores never. Uh, wait, Dolores was. D- D- I'm, I'm sorry, Maria was it? Which one? Which, Dolores get, is the, the lady. That we're talking okay, about. One looking for her mom. So Maria is, is the one who who never adopted her. Right, raised her. Correct, raised her oh. up until four years of age. Never adopted her. Adopted her. Fuck Maria. And um, there, there was some like fucked up shit. Like Dol- Dolores was saying, like she asked her, and she was just like, "Oh no, dude, like Maria like, knows." You know, um, well, there's a lady. No, I, no. There, she well, took okay. The well, to there's the, the two. There's there's another rumor about the the lady who uh, was a family friend who apparently kept. She was because Maria was a midwife and apparently had kept one of the uh, daughters. She she and a uh, curandera. Yeah. So <laughs> so she went and talked to this lady, and the reenactment's real fucked up. She's like she's like, "You don't have any proof that you're my daughter." Sorry, no. And oh, then, I know. And, and then, was and so then sad. she's like, I look exactly, I look, could have been twins with the daughter. And it just seemed like this lady didn't want to admit. And then, right. and then we get, and then my favorite, this guy, her, ado- her adoptive brother, or no, yeah. Uh, Mingo Areola. Fuck, man. <laughs> this guy's a, this guy is super funny looking. Um, apparently he, he was, he said that he knew the truth when they were kids, but like she asked him when they were doing the interview and he's he like, no, straight up denied I don't, it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, know like, like, said, like a big pussy. How many times, how many times has your older brother said some fucked up shit to you that wasn't true right. that, like when you were younger? It's like, haha, you're adopted. <laughs> That's why dad called you Joe Dirt. That's why dad called you Joe Dirt. My brother used to <laughs> tell me that, like, that my mom wanted a girl and all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. They, of course. So that could have oh, just yeah. been nothing. <laughs> Could have just been sibling. So we don't know. She's still still a mystery. Uh, uh, Dolores. I, I did find a really funny, like, well, not funny, but I found something on on Reddit. It does say that, um, like, a person did some sleuthing a couple months back, and it turns out that Maria was married to a man named Agapito and, did, and had a bunch of kids in 1943, four years before Dolores was born. And then Agapito died. Uh, but by Agapito. the time all... Agapito, but by the time all of the children were over twenty, and most likely moved out of the house, except for a girl who had been about fourteen or fifteen. And according to a census of their household, the girl was twelve in nineteen forty, and her name was Esther, who is uh, mentioned in the segment as a possible uh, mother of. Uh, what I want Dolores. That's what I want to know before we wrap this up. This. Episode aired in what, like 88, 89, right? Yeah, 88. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell was Maury? Maury was hitting the scene right about then. <laughs> yeah. Maury, was, you are Maury, not Maury was the, the fucking We couldn't find Maury Maury was the we needed him. No, no, but anyways, let me finish. So that, that was, uh, that, was uh, that would mean that Esther was 16 or 17 when Dolores was born. So maybe Esther was probably her mom and Maria was her godmother or grandmother. And uh, Esther probably had Dolores out of wedlock. And so. Maria doesn't tell Dolores who her real mom was. But at the end of the day, 
Who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't. <laughs> Anyways, moral of the story, Dolores still does not know who her parents are. But the, the silver lining around the, ep- the whole episode or the whole segment is that Dolores has started a family of her own. She's married. She has kids. So, um, Good honor. The, yeah. It is sad that her she couldn't, like, apply for, like, you know, any sort of, like, anything because she doesn't have, like, a birth certificate or anything. So, yeah. Make, All right, guys. Well, um, we got a late night showing of It's a Catch, so. We're going to wrap it up. Sorry, yeah. just wrap it up a little soon. But, um, um, you know, it's been a lovely episode. They all float down here. Yeah, we're going. You'll float too. So, um, I really liked the murder cases. That sounds fucked up. You know what I mean. Anyways. I really like the murder. So, thanks for listening, guys. Stack Pack on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm, you can find me there at Davy Howe. You can find me at Road underscore Dan. And me at Big Bad Vinyl Dan. And for every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening. And perhaps that someone is you. Bye.